Let us pray. It's falling silent in the church. It's time for us for a moment not to think about all the things that surround us, but to think about why we are here. Not only for the music and the sermon and all the other things that makes a worship service beautiful, but we are here to connect with you who are our God. You know it's not easy for us. By default, we want to turn away from you. By default, we want to do our own thing and not think about you. It is sometimes difficult to take our Bible and to read. For some reason, it's just hard. It's easier to do anything else. It's because there's this brokenness in us, Lord. Thank you for having patience with us. Thank you for understanding that we are not the best of ourselves in many ways. Thank you for stepping into our world to remind us of your presence and your person, to help us to take the Bible and to read, to help us to close our eyes to pray, to help us to come and hear, to listen, to grow. Here we are, your people, in church online, who gathered in the name of Jesus. So thank you for being with us through your Spirit. And may the same Spirit that moved in the heart of the people that wrote the Bible also move in us as we are here to discern your will and your word for us. So bless us because this service is in your name to glorify your name. Amen. It would have been great if our lives would be simple and smooth and easy and joyful and just fantastic. It would have been great to have heaven on earth because that's what people are, in a sense, looking for, isn't it? Go and Google heaven. You'll find a Caribbean paradise, you know, an island with a little palm and that thing is sometimes something in the hand. For many people, that's like heaven. But we know that is not heaven. That's not reality. You can escape from this world for a short time and go somewhere where it's fun. But normally it's not that easy to escape from this world because wherever you go, this world will follow you in some way, shape, or form. You will turn on the TV and see what's going on in this world, and that is not fun. So what we discover, and I don't need to remind you because it's your story and my story. Our lives are not simple, easy, and full of joy every single day. Our lives are full of things that break. <laughs> the AC won't turn on. The fridge has an issue again. You know, I need to repipe my house. You know, all of these things that happen. It doesn't end. The car don't want to start. There's now again a nail in the back tire. You know how this works. It just never ends. And then you turn on the news. And it's not only your own personal world that is sometimes very complex, it's also then the world that we live in. Inflation. Where is this going to end? Will my savings and the money I have be enough for me to retire one day or maybe to only pay the bills at the end of next month or maybe a few months from now? I saw my doctor and he tells me he's a little bit concerned about something and now I sit and I wait for the results. I have no idea really what the outcome will be. I had this issue with... A family member, and things are not the best between us, so I'm not really sure how to deal with this now in this state that I'm in, in this, in this life that I'm facing. 
at the end of the day, and that's why I have it there, all of us are a little bit alone. Because at the end of the day, you get into bed and you lie there, and even though you've got people in your house, or maybe someone, your wife or your, your spouse, they're lying next to you, you are alone dealing with your life and all the things that comes your way. And life is not easy. When my kids were this small, I, would, I always told them, life is not without pain. Remember this, you can't escape from the pain of this world. Anxiety and the disorders that go with it affects, as you can see, 40 million adults in America on a daily basis. I tried to read all the, all the research that was done by the CDC in the last year because they are trying to find out why is it that so many people are using drugs now, overdosing on drugs and killing themselves purposefully. One of the things they found is anxiety. People can't deal with life anymore. So 18% approximately of all the people above 18 in our country are struggling with severe anxiety. I'm not talking about just having a little bit of stress because you're taking a test. It is anxiety that comes to the point that it actually has these kinds of illnesses, bipolar disorder, eating disorder, headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, sleeping disorder, substance abuse, adults ADHD, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, stress, all of these things. So the anxiety that people are living with is making them physically sick. Why this anxiety? Because you're alone. You're alone at the end of the day. And you need to deal with life. And you sometimes look in your toolbox and you discover, I do not have enough tools to be able to deal with all the things that comes my way. I, I, I had a young man in my office many years ago who sat with me and he said to me, can you help me? I said, with what? He says, my toolbox is empty. He says, there are so many things that I need to deal with in this life. And I look at my toolbox and there's, there's not that much there because I grew up in an environment that was not that helpful for me to fill up my toolbox. My heart broke for this young man. Because how can you fix anything if there's nothing that you can grab onto? And our conversation, our journey then, then began. I'm going to start a new series today on the book of Joshua. I told you last week, the son of Nun. He still had parents, a mother and a father. It's not Nun. It's N-U-N. That's what, what it, it, it means. The son of Nun. Joshua, this man that lived in the year 13, what, 1335, all the way to, no, 3075 to 1245 or so, 3,000 years ago, no, yeah, probably, no, 3,000 years ago, B.C., we are now 2,000, no, no, let me get my numbers right, 3,000 years ago from where we are now approximately, we think Joshua lived. What does Joshua today for us to, to say for us today in 2022, you wonder? It's a guy that lived thousands of years ago in the B.C. era. That's not before COVID. That's before Christ. What help does he bring me and you? I've had so many people in my life say to me, this book is about archaic things. It can't be important for us today because it's stories of people that lived a long time ago and it has nothing to say in the world that I now live with my electronic and all the devices and Google that we have now. So let's find out something about Joshua. Now, let me be clear. We've got communion today, and we've got 
Compassion Sunday, and I want to give the people a moment to say something about Compassion Sunday. So this is the A part of this sermon. Uh, it will continue next week, so you can't not be here next week because you're going to miss sort of how this thing plans out. So let, let's go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the Israelites. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left hand, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not, be depart, shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong, courageous, do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What brought them here? So if you page through the Bible, you'll find that the whole Old Testament has to do with the story of Israel. It has to do with the story of this nation that lived in the Middle East. You'll find the story starts with Abram that was living there on the other side of, of Israel. He was living in the, in the, uh, uh, close to where, where, where Iran is now. Um, and eventually the Lord spoke to Abram, and then Abram found his way to Canaan. And then eventually the people found their way into Egypt, and they were enslaved there. Not that strange story. If you go and look at the stories of many nations during that time, they all sort of wandered around in the area there. A lot of them were captured by other nations. They were enslaved. They became free. They did their own thing. It may only be the history of another nation that lived in the Middle East. Or you can look at the story a little bit different. You can look at the story and say, maybe this is not only the story of a nation that is on their journey, somewhere, but this may be the story of something behind them. And the thing behind them is not only their story, but the story of God. It has to do with the kingdom of God that is actually playing out in front of us. And how and why can I say this? Because in normal history lessons that you read about any nation, you will find that it tells you the story of the people and what this person this did and what that person did and how it sort of panned out in this world. But in this story, every now and then you'll find there's a reference to God. And a mighty thing that happened in the story of these people that sort of adjusted their journey constantly. They were never alone. So it seems to me it's the story of not only a people, but the story of God. I can look at my own life and you can look at your own life and you may look at your life and think that you were always alone. I've countless of people say to me, I have no idea why I grew up in this situation. I do not know why this happened with me then and there. I don't understand all the things that happened with me in my life. And I would ask this person, do you believe in God? And if this person answers correctly, yes, I would say, then you've never been alone. 
then your story is not only your story, but it's actually His story. The story of God in your life on a journey with you that's not always simple and easy. You see, God could have called Abram and said, Hey, Abram, you guys are going to live in the promised land. And he could have, and Abram found his way there and said, You're going to now live here and everything is fine for the rest of eternity. It didn't work out that way. Abram came there and a lot of things started to go wrong with him. But while things were going wrong, you were introduced to the acts and the person of God. Eventually they ended up in Egypt because of Joseph that was sold by his brothers. And you can read the story, it's not for today. For 450 years, the Israelites were stuck in Egypt. And I would say to myself, why would God do this? Because God doesn't rush. He's got time. You see, because while the history of this world is flowing forward, God is present. We may many times say, well, while Israel was in Egypt, they were sort of stuck there, maybe without God. They were never without God even while they were stuck as slaves in Egypt. Things were not fine with them at that point, but God was still there for them. I may look at my life and may say, I was there in the wilderness. I was there like someone that was a slave, enslaved. I lost control of my life. Where was God then? God says, don't you worry, I've been there with you. I'm in no rush. No rush because in this journey, I'm actually going to reveal myself not only to you, but to people that, that are surrounding you in many different ways. But it's also a story of disobedience. You see, in the story, we are actually not only discovering who God is, but we are discovering how God works in this world. I want to read this psalm before I continue. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and His anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder, cast their cords from us. He who sits in heaven's laughs, the Lord has them in derision. This Putin guy, I don't know what he, what he thought he was going to accomplish by trying to invade Ukraine. His actions has had an impact on the whole world. We know this. All over the world, they are struggling to find certain products that came from Ukraine, and these things can't find their way out now. Now I turn my TV on, I look at my, at my TV set, and I wonder, why is God allowing this to happen? And God says, don't you worry, I've got it. I've got it. Because I'm God, nations will conspire. They will try to prove me wrong. They will do the wrong thing, but they will never be able to stop me from doing the right thing in the lives of individuals. So if this is also a story of disobedience, that's my second point here. It's also telling us who we are as, as people. You see, if God would rush through things, we would not discover who we are. And what the nation of Israel actually discovered was that they were really not that grateful to what God has given them because every now and then they would turn their backs on God again and say, well, we didn't like what you do with us. Now we would like to go back to, to Egypt. It's better to be in Egypt than be slaves than hanging out with you, God, and things are not the way that we, we would like it to be. How many people do you know and I know that at some point in their lives walked with God and then when things started to go wrong, they said, mm, it's not for me. 
God has failed me. I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer and therefore I may now not be a part of His kingdom plan anymore. I'm going to just leave and go and do my own thing. That's the story of Israel. That's the story of many people and also maybe of your life and my life. Where we got extremely disappointed in God in many different ways and thought, no, I'm not going to pray anymore. It doesn't really help. So this story in a sense tells us not only the story of that nation but also the story of life as it is now. Now they got to the promised place or places. You see, God was leading them somewhere the whole time. For 40 years they wandered around in the wilderness because they made really stupid choices, but God said, it's okay, while you make stupid choices, I will at least teach you a lot of things while you're wandering around in the wilderness. And that all happened. And in this whole story of Joshua, you and I will discover a few more things. But now they are looking down at the promised place that God said He would bring them to. What's my promised place? I wonder. Do you know the promised places that we have in our life are all the things that are important to us where God really wants to get us? When I was at high school, I really wanted to go and study at some point, and then I had to get into a university, and that was a promised place that I believe God wanted to also help me to get to. Then I had to go and study to try to get a degree, and I really struggled with Hebrew way more than with Greek. Hebrew is crazy. But that's a promised place that I believe God also wanted me to get to. And at some point I had the anxiety like this slide that I had up there with all of those symptoms because of Hebrew. But I believe that God took me through the wilderness of Hebrew to eventually to be able to go to seminary because in South Africa you can't go to seminary if you do not have at least Greek too and Hebrew too and German and a few other subjects. It needs to be done before you can go to seminary. Because when you walk into a New Testament class, they don't give you this Bible, they give you the Greek New Testament and say, do you, here's your test. Or they give you a Hebrew Bible and say, you need to be able to read this fluently. So the promised place was not only trying to find, to get a degree, but I, I had to get a wife. Because everybody wants to be married. So I believe the woman sitting there, that's my wife, Louise, is a promised place that God also took me on a journey to get me there, and that was not simple. Because our journeys were different in many ways and lots of things happened in her life and in my life and eventually we could start this journey together. And then a promised place for us to maybe have children one day and that was extremely complicated for us because everything went wrong that could go wrong. And I can continue. You see, I believe with all my heart that a promised place is not only one place, heaven one day, where the Lord wants to take us, but I believe we have countless of promised places in our life that you and I would like to accomplish to, 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 to be a part of that will bring us joy or whatever or to just be who God wants us to be and God says, I'm with you in this journey but it's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be easy. And now we have this guy called Joshua. The son of Nun. Nun. <laughs> Moses is dead and I'm almost done now because we need to move on. Moses is dead. Moses is the guy that God called at the burning bush and God, Moses could throw his staff on the ground the thing became a snake. He had power to heat the water and the water would separate and they could actually walk through this, this Red Sea. I wish I had that staff in my hand. It would be fantastic. I fall, open, there, you know. That's ah, fantastic. 
Part the cars, Lord. I don't care about the water. Just part the cars. That's no staff for me. Moses was an amazing guy. He could do not only amazing things, but he saw the face of God, the Bible tells me. I don't think you can really see God's face, but he was in the presence of God in such a way that when he came down from the mountain, his, his face had to shine on it. And after a while, he put a sort of a thing around his face like a mask, you know, like COVID mask, so people won't see the shine and it would go away after a while. Well, now he's dead. That's the guy that preceded Joshua. He was, he was Moses' assistant. You'll find his story in Deuteronomy. You can start in Deuteronomy chapter 30 or so, and you'll find the story of Joshua a little bit more there. Now the Lord comes to Joshua and says, you need to take this lot into the promised land. <laughs> and Joshua, you can, you, can, you can see this in the text. He, he, he's not that happy about this whole thing. He's having the sleepless nights like you and I have. He's got all of those symptoms for anxiety, all of those. He's freaking out completely. Because he's got a number of issues at this point. He needs to take these people into the promised land and he knew it was not going to just give it to them. They had to go, and, go into battle. And he didn't see himself really as a battle commander. Now he needs to lead the army. Because they still had to go and fight. Because nothing comes easy in this life, is it? The second thing is he had to deal with Half a million to a million people that were very difficult. They were really tough. You think your family's tough? Go and look at the Israelites. They were terrible in many ways. They were complaining and they were, they were just very difficult, whining constantly. Now he needs to take this group of people that you can't really keep together. Already two tribes are going to stay on this side of the Jordan. That's for next week. And he needs to get them to help them that they can go to this side of the Jordan. Already two groups want to break away. Two and a half tribes. That's for next week. Already some problems within the family of Israel. And then to please God. I hope that's part of your agenda every day, like mine's supposed to be also. When I wake up in the morning and I think about my day, I need to ask myself the question, what can I do today to please God? Because at the end of this day, I need to get into bed and say what I did today was for God, not only for myself. And if I have that mindset, I may address people differently wherever I'm connecting with people. If I think about pleasing God, and now, now Joshua, God is very close and, and, and he sort of needs to do what God wants him to do. The question is, can I do this? Can I do this? It was a big task for Joshua. Maybe we have smaller tasks, but it's still the same. We are also dealing with difficult people. You find them all around you, isn't it? I do not know what happened with service here in America, but nobody wants to help you anymore. Nowhere. You know, when I came, you said to my Luis, to Luis, it's fantastic. You call and somebody picks up the phone immediately and you say, I've got a problem. Ah, we'll fix it. It doesn't work like that anymore. You are surrounded, and I'm surrounded with people that are difficult. Now, I'm not talking only about the people outside of your house. I'm talking about people sometimes inside of your family. How many people have sleepless nights because they've got family members that they can't really manage or feel that they can't con can control? And then we want to bring people to the promised places, isn't it? 
I want to bring my spouse to the promised place, my children to the promised place. I want to get to my promised places also. I just want to experience the goodness of life. And then I'm constantly facing difficulty that sucks the joy and the life out of me that there's almost nothing left. Deflated people's sense their lives are about. And in the midst, where's God? Where's God? Can I do this? Because at the end of the day, I'm alone. Honestly, aren't we all? Then God says, go for it. Be strong, courageous, but don't be frightened, dismayed. The Lord your God will go with you. Three times. And at the end, you'll hear this next week. Those two and a half tribes that were at some point considering not to do what they had to do said to Joshua, Joshua, just be strong and courageous. God is with you. He didn't believe it. He needed other people to remind him also that God is with him. I'm reminding you now, God is with you. That's why I'm here today. I needed this sermon. Our lives are somewhat complicated at this point with our little grandchild that's um, in the hospital. Had a blood transfusion on Friday because of anemia and some other things. It's a journey with that little one that's now 31 weeks old. I needed this sermon where the God says to me, Ferdy and Louise, who stresses out more than you can imagine about this little one, and the parents, be strong and courageous. I'm with you. This is not your journey, it's my journey. I'll bring you to the promised place when I think it's time, in the word I think it's good, and I don't rush anything. Because I've got time, and in this time you will learn who I am, and you will learn who you are. The Lord reminded me this week, and I'm reminding you this week, that you are not alone. At the end of the day, <laughs> I'm not alone. I can wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning and lie there for a moment and feel alone and then say to myself, don't be stupid. You are not alone. You've got the only holy living God that says, your story is actually my story. Here we are, a church on the corner of Lincoln and Conroy. Do you know what the Lord has done through this church? You, you will not believe it. How many lives we have touched. How many people we have helped. How many people are online actually watching what we do and are interested in who we are. Because it's not our story. It's the story of God that's actually playing out in your life and in my life. And it will not be simple. As a result, life was not simple. But at the end, God is with us in all of this. My final slide. Book of Acts ends with chapter 28 with Paul in prison. Book of Acts is not done yet. We're writing chapter 29. The acts of God in the lives of people. You sit here today and you think through your life and you think it's not always that good as I would like it to be. You sit here sometimes and you think I'm so alone. There are so many things that I'm not sure how it's going to work out. At the end of the day, you may not really feel well about a lot of things that's happening with you. 
Today I want to remind you, you're not alone. The only holy living God didn't only say to Joshua, but He's saying to all His servants, and that's who we are, be strong, be courageous. I'm with you to walk with you into the promised place. It may take a while. I'll get you there. Amen.